And so it was 15 years ago that I uncovered that, hey, I could use an IRA or 401k, I can invest in real estate, and oh, by the way, if I structure things properly, I don't have to pay taxes. Right. So, you know, at that moment, it was, you know, my mind was absolutely expanded. It's like, wait a second, I can buy a single family rental, I can rent it out, the rental income comes back into my self-directed IRA, I pay no taxes, I sell it, I don't have to worry about a 1031 exchange, I don't have to worry about any tax liability, all the profits just go back into my retirement plan tax-free. Welcome to the Threefold Real Estate Investing Podcast. This is the podcast where you'll not only learn how you can achieve massive success in multifamily real estate investing, but also how you can simultaneously pursue great relationships with your family and a better walk with God. You can achieve financial freedom through real estate investing without sacrificing the relationships that mean the most to you. Now, here's your host, Lee Yoder. Welcome back, Threefold listeners. We've got another great guest for you today, uh, covering an interesting topic today with John Bowens. Uh, he's joined us from Cleveland, Ohio, uh, my old stomping grounds. We went to college up at BW, so uh, John and I were talking a little bit about that. But uh, real quick, a little bit about John, then we'll bring him in. He is one of the most sought-after and respected educators in the self-directed IRA industry. We've got a lot of uh, people uh, within through the Threefold community that have invested through their IRAs, and Several of them have used Equity Trust, uh, and that's who John is with. He's the head of education and investor success at Equity Trust. He draws uh, from his 20 years of real estate industry experience um, and his experience as an active real estate investor. Um, John contributed to the book, Self-Directed IRAs, Building Retirement Wealth Through Alternate uh, Alternative Investing, awesome, with uh, uh, Equity Trust Company. Um, he's include, uh, been on uh, different podcast radio shows, including the Rich Dad Radio Show. That's an awesome one. That's a, that's a great one. And he got his bachelor's degree. He left Cleveland, went down to OU. So uh, still an Ohio guy. John, thanks for joining us today. Great to have you. Yeah, thank you so much, Lee. Glad to be here and excited to share some of my experiences and some of the experiences of the customers that I've worked with over the years here at Equity Trust. Yeah, I'm excited to get into it too, John. Um, uh, like I said, you know, I, I've worked with your company, have some, some um, you know, some of our partners, our investors, our, our happy clients of yours. So yeah, we'll get into more of that. John, can you tell us first, how did you get into the real estate industry? Um, and then maybe it sounds like you're an active investor too. Maybe just tell us a little bit about that. But how, how'd you get into all that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my One of my best friends growing up, his father and grandfather owned a lot of real estate. Uh, oh, my cool. family never was involved in real estate, but just by nature of this relationship with this friend of mine, I got involved in real estate and I started working for his father and grandfather uh, more on the construction side. Okay. Uh, but what was great is I got exposure to a mom and pop real estate company. And I learned about things such as property management. I learned about mm -hmm. things like construction management. I learned you know, how to fix up houses and commercial properties. Uh, and then I also learned about the business side. And I watched, I was watching them, I'll say, pay a lot of money in taxes at times. Sure. At sometimes not paying as much in taxes, but in other cases, paying a lot of money in taxes, especially when they would sell a property and they couldn't do like a 1031 exchange. And uh, I learned about all of that. And I would oftentimes ask them when I was in school, so I was studying traditional finance. And so everything that I learned academically was take your IRA, 401k, another retirement plan and invest in the stock market, invest right. in mutual funds, or, you know, you hear a lot of people call about call it the 60-40 model, 60% yep. public equities, 40% fixed income. 
And so I oftentimes would ask my my friend's father and grandfather, you know, why don't you have IRAs, 401ks and other retirement plans? And they would say, well, we don't believe in those because we believe in real estate. And Mm -hmm. with an IRA or 401k, you can only invest in the stock market. And I always scratched my head. I was paying thousands of dollars, you know, academically to be trained on finance. And no one ever told me that I could use an IRA, 401k or other retirement plan to invest in real estate. So 15 years ago, I met Equity Trust and I actually met our company founder, Dick Desich, who's widely known as the pioneer of the self-directed IRA industry. And he became my mentor. And so it was 15 years ago that I uncovered that, hey, I could use an IRA or 401k. I can invest in real estate. And oh, by the way, if I structure things properly, I don't have to pay taxes. Right. So, you know, at that moment, it was, you know, my mind was absolutely expanded. It's like, wait a second, I can buy a single family rental. I can rent it out. The rental income comes back into my self-directed IRA. I pay no taxes. I sell it. I don't have to worry about a 1031 exchange. I don't have to worry about any tax liability. All the profits just go back into my retirement plan tax-free. So, you know, again, 15 years ago is when the journey started for me. Uh, I obviously naturally began investing in real estate with my self-directed retirement plans, private money lending, owning real estate, selling real estate, making tax-free profit, and along the way, having the opportunity to train a lot of investors as well. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't help during your story, John, to think like your friend, like you had a rich dad. You had, you know, the whole Robert Kiyosaki uh, story, right? He, he, he had a dad that, you know, did very well, but was, was a professor and, and, you know, made good money, but paid a lot in taxes. And then when the job was over, like he was just there left to wind down his retirement and hope it would last him. Meanwhile, he had a buddy who had a dad that was buying like grocery stores and stuff and building up all this uh, passive income and like, you know, buying assets that were going to pay him for the rest of his life. And, and it's like, you got, you got to see that side too. Uh, but there were even some things that, that kind of that, that rich dad for you didn't know. Uh, and, and, and that there, there were ways maybe to be even um, better with, with keeping more of your money um, and, and, and setting even up a, a better retirement. So really, really cool story though. Th- thanks for setting that up. Um, so John, as we jump into this, let, let's just maybe have like um, a model person. Okay. So somebody that wants to invest with me, they say, you know, Lee, what's your minimum to invest? You know, for us, it's been 25,000, might move that up to 50,000, John. So someone says, well, man, I've only got you know, 10, 15 grand. So I guess I can't invest with you. And I might say, well, you have a, you have a IRA. Oh yeah. I got hundreds of thousands of dollars in my IRA, you know, but can't invest that with you. And I said, well, actually, if you talk to equity trust, maybe you can do that. What's that, what's that call going to sound like? Uh, so maybe, maybe build that out for us a little bit, John, when, when, when uh, a potential investor of mine calls you and says, John, how do I do this? What, how does it work? You know, what are you going to tell them? Yeah, absolutely, Lee. I'm, I'm sure you get that question all the time, which is, can I actually do this? Is this yeah. legal? Yeah. And the, the answer is absolutely. A self-directed IRA investing in real estate is really no different than the IRA or retirement plan that you might have now. The difference is the company that is your custodian. So yeah. most traditional financial institutions aren't going to allow you to invest in real estate. In most cases, they can't be incentivized or they can't be rewarded holding real estate in the IRA, they're not going to advise you to do so. So that's where you need to make the decision to move your money into another financial institution's hands. In this case, it could be equity trust that will allow you to take full control. Now, the beauty of a self-directed IRA and the way that equity trust works, and to answer your question, Lee, with reference to how this this sounds or how Mm -hmm. it feels, the first step of the process for investors is to open and fund an account. And we take the customer through that process. 
of course, prior to that, answering all their questions so that they understand how it works, what the process is, uh, what are the fees, all the very important decision-making points, we would go through that with that customer over the phone. And then from there, they're going to direct their funds. Now, we are a directed custodian. We don't provide any type of legal advice. We don't sell investments. We don't recommend. We don't endorse. So we take an agnostic approach, which is good. Investors want to know that the custodian that they're working with is not going to be biased. So we're not going to take the approach of doing due diligence on an investment. The customer has the opportunity to do all of that. They move their money over. And then when they're ready to direct the money out for an investment, they simply log into an online portal. It's a digital interface. They upload their documents for the investment. And then Equity Trust wire transfers the funds out for the investment. One of the questions I get frequently is when I send my money out to a private investment, whether it's buying a property, making a private money loan, or I think in the case of your example, Lee, investing in a fund. So Mm -hmm. I'll use that as an example. If, If the IRA money goes out to an investment fund, maybe to buy an apartment building or maybe single family residential properties, whatever it is, it's a fund, a pooled fund with many other investors. The money leaving the IRA and being sent to the fund does not trigger any type of taxable event or any penalties. That's one of the most common questions I get is, well, John, I was told that if I take money from my IRA and buy property- Take it out. Yeah, feel like they're taking it out. Right, exactly. But but that's not the case with a self-directed IRA. So as long as you do everything properly, when money leaves the account, you're making an investment. It's just like buying a stock or mutual fund. When you buy a stock, cash leaves the account and return for that stock is a is or return for that cash is a stock certificate. It's the same concept yeah. when you buy real estate. Same thing we do. Yeah. We we tell our investors you're you're buying shares in in this LLC, which is buying the apartment building. So you're it's just same thing. You're buying shares in this LLC just like you'd buy shares of Apple. It's it's really the same idea. Exactly. Exactly. And and it's important to know that <clears throat> there's no taxes or penalties. You're not yeah. borrowing against the account. Now, if you took money from the account personally and then went out and bought a property personally or invested yeah. in a company personally, that would there would be a penalty if you're under 59 and a half and taxes. But that's not what we're talking about here. We're right. talking about actually opening a self-directed IRA, rolling money over, transferring money, and then executing on the investment that makes sense for that individual. Exactly. So John, back, back to my example. So if somebody has, they say, Lee, I've only got $15,000 in cash, can't invest with you. Uh, they say, oh, well, wait, I got... I got five hundred thousand dollars with Charles Schwab or, or Edward Jones or Fidelity or whatever, and 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 they decide, well, I'm going to take a hundred grand and and I'm just going to transfer it over to Equity Trust and do it. I'm going to open up an account and fund it with a hundred thousand dollars from my Fidelity account. Is there a penalty there, John? Anything? They can just move that hundred right from from Edward Jones right over to Equity Trust and and it, nothing happens. That's right. It's okay. it's known as a transfer. Or if it's like a 401k or 403b or 457 deferred compensation, that's known as a rollover. So there are rollovers and transfers. And as long as the money is never going through your personal bank account, that's the key here. You never want the money to pass through your personal bank account because that could trigger a tax and penalty if you're under a certain age. Generally, that's 59 and a half. But as long as you transfer a rollover that money directly into the self-directed IRA, then there's no taxes or penalties. And that's part of our job as a custodian is providing information and education around how to do this. 
And yeah. much of this heavy lifting is done by your custodian, in this case, equity trust. So when you're ready to do a transfer, let's say, use the, the example of Edward Jones, if a customer has an Edward Jones IRA and they want to transfer a portion of that or all of it to equity trust, we're going to open an account. We're going to send a request to Edward Jones that's signed off on by the client. And Edward Jones is going to release the money and send a wire transfer directly to equity trust. Right. And the key here is that you have cash being transferred over for your intended investment and the money is never passing through your hands. Another question I get frequently is, do I have to move all of it? You don't. If you just want to move a portion of it to get started because you yep. want some diversification into real estate, right. you can do that. And then if you want to move more over at a later date, you always have the opportunity to take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and back to your point too, John, I mean, I, I've talked with, with, you know, potential investors and, and, and they go and talk to their um, advisor and, and, you know, any of, any of the, the kind of the big name um, uh, money managers, or whatever, and Hey, interested in real estate. You know, the, the answer is like, we don't do that. You know, that that's not part of what we do. We, we, we can't put money there. So a lot of times it is, you know, you are going to have to transfer that money out. So if you want to diversify, if you say, you know, I got $500,000 in here, it's all in the stock market or it's all, you know, it's that 60, 40 portfolio. We got 60% in stocks, 40% in bonds. Both of them kind of stunk it up last year. A little bit worried about how they're going to do this year. I feel like real estate is a better long-term investment. You're, you are going to have to transfer some of that money out and you put it in a self-directed account. Now, John, you guys, there must be a reason you're allowing people to invest in whatever they want. Is it just a, an annual fee? I know, uh, I know there are fee-based wealth advisors or whatever. They can, they can ad, 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 uh, get you into some real estate. So I, I'm guessing that's kind of more how you guys operate, John. You're more of a fee-based wealth manager. So as a custodian, um, yeah. th thank you for the question. You bring yes. up a good point, which is there's a key difference between wealth management, call it financial advisory, yep. and a custodian like equity trust. So as we are not advisors or wealth management consultants, we're not going to sell investments to customers. Yep. That may or may not make sense to them. And I, I think you brought up a great point there, Lee, which is Folks may go to their traditional wealth management consultant, financial advisor, right? Usually they're called financial advisors. And they might be compensated based on transactions or they might be compensated based on fees. Uh, they, they refer to that as a fee-based uh, yep. planner, which is they look at your assets under management. So the total portfolio balance, and then they, they assess a fee to that. Um, that may or may not work for you. And it really depends on your goals and, and interests. What I think is important to take away is whether you're making money or losing money, they're making money, right? They may not making not be making as much of it, but they're still making money. And they can only sell you certain types of investments, right? That they're selling specific investments or portfolios, and there are only certain ones that they can sell you. They can't offer you a, a private real estate investment in most cases. Why? Because they're not incentivized to do so, or it doesn't fall under the purview of their financial institution. Sure. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I, I certainly don't want to be taken as um, disparaging to the financial advisory community. I work with lots of financial advisors and planners across the country, have a great relationship with them. In fact, there are many of them out there that are open to these private assets because they understand that it's not going to be 100% of the retirement portfolio. Maybe their sure. client is only going to move 15 or 20% over in to get some access to private assets. And they're okay with that. And then they manage the other 80%. So 
what I would encourage folks to do is not enter into an adversarial relationship with your financial advisor, but I call it an inquisitive relationship. Ask them questions. Some of those questions might be challenging, right? But that's what they're there for. They're there to to help counsel you on what's in your best interest. And if private real estate investing is in your best interest, then they should ultimately help you with that process. And the last thing that I'll mention, Lee, with respect to that is when you're working with a financial advisor, you might want to ask the question with respect to how they make money um, and then their educational background on IRAs and other retirement plans. And just like anything else, some are better than others. In fact, I have a YouTube video where I talk about the five questions to ask a financial advisor or financial planner. That can be really helpful to folks. And then as far as our fees are concerned, because we're a custodian, we charge a flat annual fee based on the portfolio balance in the account. It's a sliding tiered scale. So for example, if you have an account between $100,000 to $200,000, you pay an annual maintenance fee of $500. There's no additional transaction fees, record keeping fees. You get access to your account online. You call in, you talk to one of our associates. We don't charge any fees above and beyond that. You might have a, a wire fee occasionally here and there, but for the most part, that fee is going to cover you and all the services for your account. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, John, I, I appreciate you laying that out. And, and again, yeah, me too. I mean, I, I'm never trying to tell people to get all their money out of the stock market, get it out of the uh, you know U.S. Treasury, stuff like that. Absolutely not. But I do think people should have exposure to real estate. And I do think they should diversify a little bit. If you think you're diversified just because you own a bunch of different stocks, that's probably not good diversification. Um, not good enough, in my opinion. Um, so I'm right there with you, John. And, and I think... Um, Really what we're advocating for, I think, is just people take a more active role in their investing. Yes. And, and that's, you know, it's a lot of, I think the people listening to the show and shows like this, that's what they're interested in doing. They're interested in being active or, or they wouldn't be, you know, listening to an investing show. And so uh, th- that's what they want to do. And, and when you take funds and put it into a self-directed account, you're you're obviously saying, I, I want to direct some of these funds. I want to get into real estate. So um, yeah, th- thanks for setting that up for us, John. So once they do that, Get, get their money into an account, get, get a hundred, a couple hundred grand over. Um, so they say, hey, I want to diversify with this money. Now I can start directing it. Uh, you told us how that's going to work and the fees involved and all that. Um, want to talk just a little bit, John, then, then how does it work? Because uh, once it comes through, and like I said, we, we've done this. And what I'll say on our end, what we know as the difference and, and what our uh, investors experience is that when we send distributions and our investors make profit, or when we sell a property and they make a big chunk of profit, our investors who are investing their own cash, or through an LLC, it's just a pass-through LLC. So it's it's like they're investing cash. They're going to pay taxes on that money. And it's ordinary income. It's, you know, it, it is passive income. And we've got some depreciation. We can go against passive income. But when they make that big chunk, it, it's, it's ordinary income. It goes on top of what they're making. They're going to pay taxes on it. Now, it's long-term capital gains if we're waiting, you know, to sell, things like that. But they're paying their tax bracket taxes on that income. The money that goes to our investors who are investing through a self-directed, IRA account with equity trust, it's a little bit different, right, John? So to give you an example, Lee, of how it works with a self-directed IRA from yeah. a tax-exempt perspective, and you'll hear me say this a lot, compounding interest in the absence of taxation. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I'll give you a, a personal example. So I, I made a private money loan to an investor in 2022. It was a $100,000 loan, and I partnered two of my self-directed accounts. I have both a Roth and traditional account. And so I partnered these two accounts together. I made a private money loan to an investor. They bought a house, fixed it up, and sold it in about eight months. And for that $100,000, they paid me interest, of course. 
And that interest came out to be about 9%. Okay. And so when the property sold, I got my $100,000 back. And then I got about $9,000 in profit. Nice. That was interest. Now, because that's in my self-directed IRA, that's tax-free. All right. Right. Tax yep. deferred for portion of it because it's traditional. And then Roth accounts are totally tax-free. So it was tax-free coming back into the account. I'll never pay taxes on that money ever again. Either way, tax deferred account or tax-free Roth in that year, 2022, I paid 0% tax on that $9,000 in profit. And that's really key here because what that allows me to do is leverage compounding interest in the absence of taxation. It has an amplifying effect on my long-term compounding effects. Right. And ultimately what that does is it helps my wife and I get to our retirement goals and our financial goals in a shorter period of time. So sure. when people stop me at seminars and they say, what do you do? I tell them, I help folks get to their retirement goals and their financial goals in a shorter period of time. Nice. Usually it's then, well, how do you do that? Well, you got to have a self-directed IRA and you got to have an investment strategy. So in terms of investing in properties, investing in loans, uh, investing in real estate partnerships, things of that nature, you have the IRA tax exempt status. There are some nuances around retirement plans when investing in certain types of investments that could trigger a tax. But if you're structuring things properly and you're following all the rules and guidelines, you should be operating in a tax deferred or tax-free capacity at all times. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, John. I mean, and, and that's just a, a nice little example of, of making $9,000, obviously great return in eight months. Um, you know, for our investors, hopefully, um, and, and certainly, you know, people that invest in real estate in the past few years have done even better than this, but, you know, kind of in general, in, in five to seven years, we, we should double our investors' money. So if you put in a hundred grand, you know, five to seven years, you're, you're turning that into 200. And that hundred that you made, I mean, if, if you're getting taxed on it at 20, 25%, that's, you're going to be left with 80, you know, 80 uh, to 75,000 to 85,000 or 75,000 to 80,000. And that's what you get to go invest. So now you get to go invest 180 or 175 versus if it's in your Roth, you have the full 200,000 to go invest. So that's what you're talking about, John, like that next investment. Now I'm, I'm doubling 200 instead of doubling 175, right? And then the next time doubling 400 instead of 350 or, or wherever we're getting to, right? So, I mean, it's going to really add up over time. And what, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about retirement. We're talking about building that, that retirement that, that you want to uh, live on when, when you're not wanting to work anymore. That's right. It's you know when you said that Lee it made me think of the rule of 72 for for anyone out there that's mm -hmm. not familiar. The rule of 72 is this. You take 72 and you divide it by your annual return on investment. And that will give you the number of years it's going to take to double your money. So for example, yeah. Let's say I buy a property for 100,000 and I sell it for 150,000 just for ease of math. Let's say I make $50,000 in profit. Okay? So I make a call it a 50% return on investment. But if we do that outside of our IRA, we have to pay taxes on that amount, right? So let's say that we only, after taxes are paid, we only get to keep, let's say, 30,000. So that's a 30% return on investment. See, we have to factor in taxes paid on our right. annualized return on investment. So if we take 72 and we divide it by 30, that's going to get us what? It's going to get us, uh, call it two and a half. So it's going to take us two and a half years yep. to double our money. That's pretty good. I'm good with that. But if we do that same investment in an IRA structured properly, we save, call it $20,000 in taxes, giving, giving our example. So now we take 72 divided by 50. 
So now we're doubling our money in just over a year's time. One right? and a half. Yeah. Or one yeah. And we'll call what call one and a half. Sure. Yep. And so we can double our money faster if things are structured properly. We can double our money faster when we're using a self-directed retirement yep. account. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you you know when you do that three or four times, you can see how that saving a year each time it, it adds up. Um, really good stuff. And and why not? You know, um, it's it's an extra step. It's getting into that account, um, getting into a Roth, and directing it from there. Hey, Threefold listeners, just want to take a quick second here to promote our sponsor, a company that I'm a big fan of. I've done a lot of business. I'm a very happy customer of Prominent Title Agency. They are a full service title and escrow company licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, Indiana, Tennessee, Michigan, and Florida. They handle commercial transactions of all types and sizes, including multifamily, retail, industrial, hotels, medical buildings, restaurants, gas stations, golf courses. They are very experienced and efficient in handling large portfolios, including multiple properties, and or multi-states, as well as entity transfers in Ohio. My guy over there is Rob Calabrese. Uh, He is the division director uh, for Prominent Title Agency's commercial real estate division. Uh, Being a licensed attorney and title agent in Ohio and Kentucky, Rob has strong knowledge of the complex world of commercial real estate. Uh, He also offers offers legal services in all aspects of commercial real estate. Uh, Guys, I've worked with Rob a lot. You know, we're getting a deal under contract now and, and I, Told the broker, I said, man, I really want to work with Prominent Title. Just trust those guys over there. Uh, they, they're great. They're quick. Love working with those guys. Now, back to the show. What I'd like to ask you, John, as we kind of wrap it up here, um, with, with your experience working with so many investors, educating so many investors, what would you say is, is the key uh, ingredient to being a successful real estate investor? The key is, in my experience, as an investor, as well as observing lots of yeah. investors across the country, um, I do a lot of seminars that I speak at. And so I see folks that sometimes will fall victim to trying too many different strategies, mm-hmm. um, maybe even going to too many different courses yeah. um, and, and workshops instead of finding a strategy that works for them in their market and then and then deploying that strategy. Um, I always caution folks, uh, for example, short-term rentals are, are really, really popular right now. And yeah. by all means, that could be a really good investment strategy for you. It could also be a very bad investment strategy for you if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. And so, you know, stick to something that um, you feel confident in and that you're also passionate about. Right. So long-term rentals, we're very passionate. We've gotten good at it. We, we stay focused on that. Um, so that's what I encourage folks to do is um, find a strategy, um, build processes and procedures and standard operating procedures around it and uh, and execute and, and yeah, run it, it like a business. You know, yep. make sure to run it like a business. That was one of the things uh, Robert Kiyosaki mentioned on the podcast is he said, you know, real estate is a business. Yes, you're investing, but you need to treat it like a business. So that's what I encourage sure. folks to do. That doesn't mean try, don't try new things. Um, our philosophy is try something new every single year, but don't rely on that trying something new as ultimately feeding the family and right. allowing us to live our life, right? Yep. Yep. That's something that right. you know could be make or break. It could be something that ends up being very successful, but if it's not successful, we're not gonna lose our shirt. Yeah, couldn't agree more. John, it's, yeah, it's easy to have that shiny object syndrome and see people that are doing so well in short-term rentals, but you got to remind yourself, most likely, unless they kind of got lucky, time the market or whatever, the market's going crazy. It was, it's not anymore. But you look over there and you see them doing it. 
but you, you don't realize, yeah, but they've been doing it for 10 years. They're doing so well because they've been doing it for 10 years. So for you to jump in and think you're going to do that, no. And if you've been in long-term rentals for 10 years, that's that's why you're good at that, you know, because you've been doing it for 10 years. So really good point there, John. Wait, um, you're married, don't have kids yet, John. You got some dogs, uh, got some, uh, what do they call them, uh, furry kids or, or whatever whatever that's called. <laughs> um, but but John, I know you're, you know, maybe you're going to be a family man one day um, and, and, and you've, you've educated so many. What would you say, John, is a key ingredient for, you know, while investing in real estate, um, like, like you are as well, how do you make sure you're having success outside of that? And even outside of your corporate career, John, what, what are some things you can pass on, maybe a key ingredient to making sure you're keeping your priorities straight? Yeah, you know, and, and this is something I had to work through uh, quite yeah. a few years ago. And it was uh, like a lot of folks, it's very, very hard. It's very challenging. Um, yeah. I, I have a ton of sympathy and empathy for those out there, especially right now during high inflationary times, mm-hmm. economic uncertainty for the folks that, you know, have have three, four, five. Uh, I was at a seminar this past weekend with a guy who has six children. Um, and gosh, yep. I can't imagine what it's like trying to run a business and yeah. um, put food on the table and all that. It's 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 really, really challenging. And what I've done in, in my approach, um, and, and I sort of, I, I stole this from uh, Jeff Bezos of, of Amazon. Yeah. He talks about this uh, work-life harmony. He doesn't call it work-life balance. He calls it uh, work-life harmony. And you know, not that I advocate for Jeff Bezos by any means. It was just something he said and it kind of stuck with me. Sure. And so what we try to do is uh, make it more of part of our lifestyle. So our work professionally and investing, it, it's part of our lifestyle. And, oh, and having cool. priorities, yeah. of course, is very, very important. Um, you know, and sometimes that does mean, you know, logging on at midnight or two o'clock in the morning, you know, to get something done. You know, sometimes we do have to make those sacrifices um, but but we we try not to sacrifice the important parts of life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we try to find other areas where we can sacrifice when we need to. Yep. So, you know, that we're not missing out on those, you know, incredible life opportunities and, and moments that, you know, you just can't get back. Yeah, man, absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's going to be some sacrifice, especially if you want to, you know, achieve some great results. Uh, but I think, yeah, what you're saying there, making sure there's harmony there. I think being on board, having your spouse on board with it you know, talking through it first and, and coming to a conclusion together. Hey, here's what we're willing to sacrifice. We are willing to sacrifice some time at night or whatever. This is how it's going to work. That's really good, John. I appreciate that. Um, well, hey, this has been good, John. Uh, before I let you go, um, I always like to ask my guests, how might my listeners and I be praying for you in the coming weeks? Great, great question, um, Lee. I yeah. have not been asked that question. You know, I, I would say, um, you, know, you know, don't pray for me. Um, I, I'd say, you know, pray for, um, you know, the people running this country pray for, um, the doctors and, and the folks out there that are keeping people safe, um, from an investing perspective, you know, pray for, um, pray for the attorneys out there, the title companies, pray for the lawmakers, right. You know, pray for all those people, because, you know, if they're doing a good job and they're making good decisions, uh, we should all be happy to. Yeah. Yeah. And it allows us to, to invest and continue to having things like a self-directed IRA account that are that are good things that allow people to, to make good investment decisions and retire well. Yeah, great, great prayer there, John. We'd be happy to pray for that alongside you. Um, hey, uh, real quick too, before I let you go, um, trust SEC or etc.com. I know that. And then I know I'll, I'll put your links in for Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Uh, but that, that's the best place to send people, John. That's right. Yeah, right. trustetc.com is our website. And then for folks that want to learn more, they can also check us out on YouTube. Just go That's to right. Equity Trust Company on YouTube. Uh, we have lots of video training on there from everything from houses to funding real estate funds to private money lending, joint ventures, 
what is an IRA? How does it work? Right. Roth yeah. versus traditional. So I always encourage folks to go to our YouTube channel to learn more, expand their mind. And then if they want to reach out and have a conversation, we're here to help you with that too. Perfect. Great. Awesome. Thanks so much, John. Appreciate you coming on and educating us about uh, self-directed IRAs and what it can do for somebody in their retirement. Um, I love the idea, you know, what you said, helping people get to their retirement goals quicker with self-directed IRAs. Uh, it's a great thing. I, I hope I can do that as well. I hope, you know, teaming up, we can do that for people. So thanks for coming on, John. We appreciate it. Thanks, Lee. Thank you for joining us for another great episode. I hope you'll take action on what you've learned today. If you enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving Lee a five-star rating and review. And check him out on threefoldrei.com. Until next time, 1 Timothy 6.17.